Would you like an opinion on a financial matter you're dealing with? Whether it's about retirement, investments, taxes, or 401ks, Scott Hansen and Pat McLean would like to help you by answering your call. To join Allworth's Money Matters, call now at 833-99-WORTH. That's 833-99-WORTH. Welcome to Allworth's Money Matters. I'm Scott Hansen. I'm Pat McLean. Glad you're with us today as we're talking about well, financial stuff, the same stuff we talk about all the time. Is that right? And before, <laughs> wow, Scott, that's an opening. Just stay tuned. We're just going to talk about the same stuff we talk about all the time. Okay, fair enough. My guess is there's probably some people that are new to the program, their first time listening. Well, so, that we we're trying to build an audience we, here. Okay, that's <laughs> we've done this for. Um, anyway, we're gonna have a fun today talking about uh, financial matters and. Our goal is to help, like our goal is to help people have more confidence with their finances, to have financial independence, and not make poor choices. Yes, that's a goal. Um, different topic already. <laughs> Sorry, well, this is a- <laughs> no, it, it just it. I, I'm looking at some notes in front of me. Did did you watch any part of the Republican um, debate debate a week ago? Yes. No. Did you watch any part of it? I've been thinking. I watched. Um, we try to stay away from politics, by the way. No, so. no. This I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying. And, well, take your MAGA hat off, would you? Oh, would... Oh, no. <laughs> so I'm joking. That has no MAGA. Um, so what, what was? And I'm not commenting on the debate. What I'm commenting on was the question about Social Security. So the question to, I don't, you know, a number of them up there was. What what are you going to do about Social Security? And I thought, this is this is now coming to the forefront. This is this is a Republican. It's less than ten years, and it's going to be broke. And so they said, that's exactly. They said, you know, it's uh, estimated that it will be uh, by the year twenty thirty, and this but fund. None of these and, politicians, they're not going to answer honestly. Uh, it was all over the board. It was all over the board. Um, it was some of them said won't touch it, made the promise. Some of them said we're going to have to change it for younger people. We're going to have to move the retirement age out, which, quite frankly, just based on life expectancies uh, would make sense. Um, and then uh, many of them said we're going to have to cap it uh, at income levels. Uh, and I don't forgot which one it was. I think it was Chris Christie talked about how the fact that we pay into social programs through our taxes and we don't all receive money from those social Chris programs. Chris Christie's been a promote, proponent of capping, uh, having means testing. He mentioned that a number of years ago. Years and years ago. So I thought it was interesting um, that the question was asked and how many different views of it. And I thought this is, you know, this is an, this is up until the last couple of years, this was the third rail topic that no one ever wanted to talk about. And it probably, so it's, they say the social security trust fund is going to go broke in about 2033, 2032 to 2034, depending on which one they, you know, let's call it 10 years from now, maybe slightly less than 10 years from now. And if no changes are made, there's going to be across the board reduction, roughly 22% is what they're saying right now. Which will not happen. But that's what, that's what's, Right. Because there's for years they had more money coming in than they were paying out. Now they're paying out more than what's coming in. And they've got this supposed 
uh, surplus sitting in the lockbox, <laughs> wherever it is. A lockbox. It's a it's giant. Government accounting. It's a giant box, Scott, with a lock on it. Um, so when you think about it, Pat, the presidential cycle, a year from now, the president's going to get elected. Now we're nine years away. It's a four-year They'll probably do nothing in four years. The next thing, it's a five five years away from that. That's when it's going to have to. I don't think anything's going to be addressed until we get really close to it. So well, I think, what, what I thought was interesting is that it was asked in a uh, primary debate. I thought it was. I thought at least someone's paying attention to it. And I had this conversation with my brother um, this last week about Social Security. And how old is your brother? Sixty. Four, I think. He still works? Uh, no, I don't think he has any wage income. Uh, he might. He might do some consulting, but I don't know how much wage income he has. But the question was, which he said to me, well, I did the math. It makes sense for me to wait until I am of this uh, age to start it. And I said, well, that that's just math. It's <laughs> funny, your brother. <laughs> Why is it that sometimes family members think, think as ah, my little brother, what the hell is he know? Oh no, he he listened to my he listened to my answer. He he did. I said you you've got to look past that, and you've heard us talk about it if you've been a long time listener on this show. That, um, but I thought in watching this debate, and they asked the question. I thought finally, finally. And then you just told me it's not finally that some, they're not going to address it. They're just going to talk about it, but no one's going to address oh, it. Oh, I don't think anything's going to be addressed. Not until two years before, three years before. It's not going to be one year before. You're not going to go to you know Martha, who's 81 years of age, who gets eleven hundred dollars a month, and say we're going to reduce this by twenty two percent. That's be interesting. And there's also talk about increasing. So right now you pay Social Security taxes on the first what one hundred and. 50,000 of wage, 104, I forget. And the Medicare tax is unlimited. Uh, yeah. Uh, and they're talking about uh, lifting the cap on Social Security as well, but it's a lot. I mean, it's 7.65%, no, 6.2% for the employer and the employee. It, it, that is just, that's around the edges. I mean, that is just around the edges. It's going to make everyone feel good that the rich guy Rich lady, yeah, but the they're already cats. capped. They're already capped at their. They're already capped at their how much they can receive. It's not like they put in twice as much; they're going to get twice as much back. Well, of course, of course, that's the way it works. Naturally, but what I'm saying is, it's easy to pass this. But most people that make lots and lots of money don't make it on wage income. Well, particularly when wage income is taxed the way it is, they yes. find other ways to do it. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah, so I don't know. Anyway, hey, um, let's get off Social Security because I get sick of that topic. Right, this show's all about you, not the listeners. It's it, we've we discuss it too often. Okay, in my opinion. fair enough. We discuss it too often. And, and look, might... if, if you're sixty three, it's an interesting topic for you. If you're forty, if you're 50, 40, it's who cares? If you're forty, don't I wouldn't even plan on Social Security. And I've been doing this a long time, and so I look. I remember literally 30 years ago, people said, well, I don't want to plan on Social Security. And I would make the argument, no, I think you should plan. Here's why. But not now. But not now. Fair now enough. I'm like, if you do a good job saving, you you're not going to get it. You probably won't get it. So I had, um, there's a company called Dalbar. I don't know what Dalbar even stands for. But they do, they do um, research and surveys. And they did this, this is 2021, the 
quantitative analysis of investor behavior report. Okay. So what it looks at is how we know what the markets have done. We know what mutual ETFs have returned and we can look at all those things, but how did the individual investor do? How did the average investor do? Okay. They looked at a 20 year period. The average investor uh, earned 5.96% while the S&P, this is equity investor, stock investor, earned 5.96% while the S&P returned an average of 7.47% over that same year period. The average investor only earned about 80% of what they could have earned by simply buying and holding an S&P index fund. Okay. So, So what are they doing? Are they in and out? What time period was it? 20 years. Okay. Ending in 2021. Okay. Yeah. And the reality is, and they've got a big report that talks about lots of things, but, and Pat, we've seen it. That people think, look, some people still think the job of a, of a financial advisor is to be able to predict when to get in the markets, when to get out of the markets. Like you've got some sort of crystal ball can tell the future. Pension plans don't manage money like that. No, nor do trustees of, um, nor do trustees, the ones that have a fiduciary responsibility. They don't manage money like that. No, it's probably foolish. They they manage a well-balanced portfolio for over the long term and rebalance when appropriate. It's just amazing when you, when looking at these, the, the investor returns are so different than what the markets could do. 20% less than um, had they just bought and hold because of their... On their equity. Because of their biases. Yes. And if you're thinking about... If you look at like, hmm, I'm going to check my how my fund's doing. And, and, and people think that there's been this huge shift to passive. I question that because there may be a huge shift to using index funds but it doesn't mean that the average investor is just buy and hold. That's an excellent point. So they own the S&P 500 index fund for a while, ETF. Then they move out of that and they say, well, I think I should have a little more in emerging markets. Or maybe I should have in some growth stocks or maybe some tech stocks. And so, so, they, so they're actually using passive investments but actively moving them into sectors probably based on that information at the wrong time. That's exactly right. And so I think even for yourself, it, you, you should really take a good look at your last decade or so and ha- the investment decisions you've made and ask yourself, were those the right decisions? When should you make changes in your investment portfolio? When there's two things. One is a change in the time horizon, your circumstances, when you might need the money. And two is something that's changed where your risk tolerance has now changed. Because of a life event. My spouse suddenly has terminal cancer. My future's different. I don't know my time horizon anymore. I, I'm worried about the markets and I'm already worried about my spouse. Maybe and, not, right? So that would warrant a, a, uh, at least a, uh, to consider a change. And it's all based upon uh, the psychology of that person. Right? Because if they're ones that worry about the portfolio anyway, a life change will cause them to 
focus more on that. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Scott, how many, you've been doing this a long time. How many, what percentage of your clients actually come to you and say, I'm retiring. So, um, I should have a completely stable portfolio with no fluctuation. Uh, well, I don't know if it's completely. St- I mean, they, everyone wants that. Yes, <laughs> stable growth. I want high return without without a lot of fluctuations yeah, in a short period of time. Got an email from a friend of mine saying, "Hey, I'm uh, moving advisors. We want to talk to Allworth. Just looking at stable growth." I'm like, ah, oh, that'd be a great name. Mitchell, let me write that down. <laughs> stable yeah. growth. Like, what does that mean? What does stable growth mean? Stable. What What is growth? What is that? Stable growth. It's a CD. <laughs> that's I mean, right. Four and a half, five percent. Exactly. That's, that's stable growth. It's not very much growth. Barely but, keeping place with inflation. But it's stable. Post taxes, that you're actually going backwards. But it's stable. And it's an interesting time now with uh, with interest rates higher. Oh, you see people reacting because look, a year or two ago, you couldn't. It's like, well, I, I can get my money out of the markets, but. What are my alternatives? I'm going to earn nothing. What am I going to do? Now you're like, yeah, I could take money out of the stock. The stock market looks crazy. Look what's going on in the Middle East. Look what's happening here and there. And with the presidential election coming and, next and year. And I could get 5% in a bank CD, so I'm just going to take it out of this. Well, that's a whole different set of problems you've created for yourself, which is keeping up with inflation. And then are you going to move back in? If interest rates go down, they'll move back in when things are more expensive because that's what people do. Because no one, that's the funny thing about financial markets. It's the one market no one gets excited about when things go on sale. If I need new tires for my car and I suddenly see they're all 30% off uh, for the next week, I'll get my tires now because I can get them 30% cheaper or whatever. But stocks, broad markets. People don't get excited when they go down in price. Well, yes. We're talking about broad markets. Let's not confuse individual equities. Yeah, company could be blowing apart and it's a piece of garbage company and you shouldn't own the stock. That's right. Yeah, and the stock's never going to recover. That's right. Yeah, I'm talking about broad, the broad, broad market. markets. Yeah. Broad markets. Individual equities are a completely different story. Yeah, anyway. Well, it's time for our Money Matters house call segments where we check in with the caller. We've had someone in the past, and it was bad. I think it was last May we spoke to a California man named Matt uh, he had been listening to our show for more than 20 years, which not a lot of people have been listening for 20 years. Uh, he's not an all-worth client. He wanted to know whether he should uh, take out a reverse mortgage. Uh, here's a clip from that call. We've got a, a house that's worth 800, and we've got about 600,000 in equity, over 600,000 in equity. Uh, not a ton in savings, not a ton in 401k because of medical issues and this and that. Does, I'm not going to bore you okay. with all the details. The, the bottom line is my goal is to get the house paid off because our house payment right now, we still have six years to pay on it. It's about 70% of our income. So we have our Social Security, plus we have a small pension. So, and we live fine and we don't have too much house. We don't, I'm, I'm okay with living here the rest of my life. That's not a problem. But I talked to the guy about reverse, this particular individual, reverse mortgages. And he's telling me that, you know, FHA's got a guaranteed loan. We've got to pay $16,000 in fees. 
to FHA to guarantee the loan. And then on top of that, there's closing costs, this and that. He says, you'll be out probably at least 20000 bucks. And I'm thinking, I've got $600,000 in equity in this home. Why would I give up $20,000 of that? So, so let, let's, I, let, let's step back for a second. And I don't okay. know what the exact fees are. Anyway. So let's step Wrong. back for a second. So the, the, the size of a reverse mortgage, and, and by the way, this is from memory that the rules have changed over time, but the, the general concept is the same. The size of the reverse mortgage is based on two factors. One is the value of the home. Forget what the equity in the home is, but the value of the home. And then the age of the individual or the couple that is living in the home, the people on title. If, if that, you're 91 years old, you can get a reverse mortgage for almost the almost what your home's worth. Right. So when they quote you that number, my guess is they quoted you to the maximum that you would actually be eligible for in a reverse mortgage, not for just the $200,000 that you want to pay off the mortgage. And I'm not saying whether you should do it one way or the other, but my guess is that those numbers are wrong because you're probably, they quoted it, you being able to borrow three hundred, four hundred, five hundred thousand dollars $500,000 of the home based upon your age and the value of the home. And then that's the number. What you do with those proceeds, obviously, is the first thing they do is they pay off the first lien holder, which is the primary mortgage. And then the rest will oftentimes go either as a lump sum to you or as a line of credit. So let's not get hung up on that $20,000 because we, unless you know the answer to that, what was the loan amount? Well, not I, they wouldn't tell me exactly what the loan amount would be, but all he would tell me was once the loan was closed, they would pay off the first, which is 197000 Okay. And they would provide me with a line of credit of $91,000. Okay, that's the answer. Uh, that's the answer. So it's about $300,000. So what you were talking about at $20,000 is approximately 6.5%, which doesn't sound that unusual. Reverse mortgages are not cheap. They are more expensive no. than a yes. primary mortgage. There's no question about it. Um. You have six years left on your mortgage. I mean, one other way to tackle this, and if we were having the conversation a year ago, it would have been different, right? So a year ago, we might have said, why don't you just refinance it into a 30-year mortgage? Let's 30 forget year about fixed. it. 30-year fixed mortgage. Let's forget about getting it paid I off. Agree. And not And not worry about it. And that's how I would have addressed it. And it still may be today. And it might make sense for today. You shouldn't worry about paying off this mortgage, right? What do you have in savings? Um, uh, probably only like a couple hundred thousand. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, but so you're my brother, Matt. I here's what I'd say. Here's okay. what I would If you have a couple hundred thousand, you, well, you have a couple hundred thousand. In how savings. much? How much are your payments a month? Thirty thirty two hundred, which includes principal, interest, taxes, and insurance. And you're not prepaying any of this. I'm not prepaying any of this. Thirty two hundred. And it's only three a, a 3% loan. Yeah, this is a rough one. I, I can see where you actually... But see, actually... I, I did a refi. I did a refi to get to 3%. I think I did it uh, what's your, three years ago. What's your savings look like then? So wait, 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 stop, stop. So when you did a refi three years ago, what was the length tenure? of the loan? Was it 10 years? 10 years. It was a 10-year loan. So that's that, why I've got six years left. Yeah, that's it. why. See, yeah. Yeah, I don't that, like your structure, Matt, because... I know. Right? <laughs> 
None of us get out of here alive. We're probably at some point in time, we're all going to get sick of or injured, right? Like you're 69. Like if you're in reasonably good health, you might want to enjoy life a little more now in, instead of waiting six years when your home's paid. Yeah. And, and quite frankly, for the rest of the listeners, the council, our council back then was look, the difference between a, a 10 year loan and a 30 year loan back two, three years ago was about a half percent. And to buy the 30 year loan and pay a little bit higher in interest and well, then decide where, whether here's where you, we are. So well, here's where we're at. Yeah. <laughs> what do you have in savings? 200. And are you generating uh, income uh, from that? Well, it's in a 401ks and I manage my own. Okay. Yes, it's I do in 401ks. From that. So it's not, it's not but, just you know, cash. No, 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 no. But you know what? When I, when I, if I was to withdraw some of that, I do my own taxes and I understand finances to a degree, but I could, I could, I could technically withdraw some of that and not pay tax on it yeah. because of the pace, because of the, uh, where we're at tax wise. Um, and, and income wise, because I generate about five thousand a month. So, it, like I said, the, the the payment, our house payment, is about seventy percent. Yeah, that's yeah, a lot. yeah, yeah. Do you? How, how long do you plan on being in the house? Forever. This is really tough. See, this is the dilemma I've been I, going oh, through. I, going and look, here's where, like, here's where when reverse mortgages make the most sense. So, one of our early employees. His mother-in-law came to him. She was 84 years old. She had been losing weight. People just thought she was just aging and losing weight. She says, can I talk to you about this reverse mortgage, how these things work? Now, she had been widowed on a handful of years, did not want to leave her house. She had racked up credit card debt of, what, 38, 42,000, somewhere in that neighborhood. And she got to the point she couldn't find it, get any more credit. So she literally was cutting back on her caloric intake because of cash flow. But, but she had plenty of equity in her she home. She didn't want to be a burden on her homes. Like reverse mortgage changed her life. Right? So like yeah. that's the perfect situation. The complete opposite end is someone who's on the day they turn 62 takes out as much equity as they can from their house so they can go blow it. It's kind of like the last trip to the well, right? So you're you're still relatively That's not me. Yes, that's not you that's at all. That's not you. I gave you two no. extremes, <laughs> right? Um, I understand. Yeah. Th this is a really. I mean, so what, what? What's the what's what's the downside in waiting? Well, it's it, it's it, it's it's too much. Can't he doesn't have yes. any money? It, he's he knows in six years from and now the cash you, flow is going to be when, fine. When you uh, pass away, where's the money going to go? Where's the equity in the home going to go when you and your spouse pass away? It goes back. It goes into the trust, and my son is the uh, trust. You have one child, or how many kids at that point? Just one. And how's he doing? Oh, fine. Okay. I mean, look, my dad got a reverse mortgage I, when he was like seventy-five. Yeah, I, I, I got to tell you, I, I got to tell you from some guy who cold uh, called him and asked me later, told me how great they worked, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> your dad did. Your dad didn't realize you owned. The, the, oh yeah, I guess I was still a little Scotty. Like, um, uh, I got to tell you, I. I I think I would probably bite the bullet and do the, do the reverse, reverse mortgage. mortgage. Really? Yes. Yeah. I mean, that look at not. What's that? That what I expected you to say. Well, <laughs> well okay. look, look. If you're if you said my goal is to die with as much money as possible, then yeah. I would say keep getting this thing paid off. 
and just t- tighten your belt. But what? But but to what end? The, the first well, thing I would say was, look, you should move out of the house, sell the home. I mean, that's one thing. Sell downsize. the home and downsize to a six hundred thousand. A six hundred thousand. I mean, that house. would be the simplest thing. That would be the best thing financially, right? This is what you got to do. And but this is our this is our lifestyle. Though, that's right. Are. That's that's why I didn't say that because you said we are not moving. Right. Same reason as 84 year old didn't want to let move. Right. So then you're like, what is the other alternative? (laughs) You you, you know, you're, you're surrounded by water with nothing to drink. You've got, you've got $800,000 in net worth. Yeah. Right. And And you just can't access it. Well, and what brought this to my, what brought this to mind, one of the reasons why, well, I really respect you guys immensely. And I, even told the mortgage, I'm not doing anything until I talk to the Scott and Pat <laughs> because you. you're the guys, the only ones I trust. By the way, the, um, any of advice we give is not really advice. Go consult your own advisor. Okay. So, 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 what, what, so where did you think we would go? Not a client engagement. Well, over the last couple of years, you know, we've had things break. So, you know, we don't owe anybody any money other than our mortgage. But, you know, the walk right. dryer goes oh, up. No, the homes are expensive. Grand, so. Yep. So I I put out a couple of grand here. The air conditioner goes out. There's thirteen thousand there. So I'm finding myself tapping my retirement, my my four hundred one k money a little bit at a time, and a little right. bit at a time. And I'm thinking I need more access. If I do reverse mortgage, I need more access than ninety one thousand dollars. Well, you're not. You're going to have a lot more access than ninety one thousand dollars because you well, you no longer you've got taxes and insurance. So the thirty two hundred about twenty five hundred a month. Month. Yeah, correct. And that twenty five hundred dollars a month is thirty thousand dollars a year. So that anything that is broken breaks down. You have one automobile okay. or two automobiles in the family. Three. Okay. Well, the, 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 look, one, one, one's got to go. What? I mean, really okay. one's got to go. Uh, and, and I would make an argument that you should probably possibly share an automobile in the next few years, but you know, money is a tool, um, to get to your ends. It's not to die with the most money. Um, I agree. Right. I mean, if you do it right, I agree. Like my dad always wanted to, like the last check he wrote, he wanted it to bounce. Like he's gonna end up there. <laughs> and you said, Dad, I think your current checks are bouncing. So <laughs> okay. well, I'm not gonna speak ill of my father, but um, and I didn't mean anything derogatory. Right? Oh no, I get it. You knew my dad. Um, I, I I would go with the reverse mortgage, and and the cost is okay. gonna the, the, like that too. cost is gonna bother you but 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 the the alternatives are what are the alternatives continue your current lifestyle uh get to six years from now you're 75 you've now got excess cash flow perfect you can't enjoy it Um, and i would look at take that take take that 2500 in savings every month and bank it for just stop taking the distributions from the ira yeah or, or convert right. a little to a Roth, or convert a little to a Roth. But that purposes. I would look at okay. that 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 line of credit, the ninety one thousand. Don't touch it. And I think it grows every year oh. if you don't spend it, doesn't it? It, does. it used to, Yeah, it does. I would ignore it yeah. for a decade. It'll let it just keep okay. growing. It's going to be worth. Okay. And hopefully, maybe you'll never need it. But I would yeah. use that for. It, look, it is it, it, it the twenty grand. It would. 
bother I don't like me the, as well? I don't like the the thought of you spending the next six years having the majority of your money paying down a loan. I know. You're right. Yeah. No one knows. I mean, that's why I called you. You don't. Like, <laughs> if you were 49, I'd be well. You're gonna have to figure it out. But like, and you're not buying a motorhome or blowing this frivolously. No. You, 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 it's the your current lifestyle. Yeah. Well, Matt's with us now, and um, looking forward to having a conversation with Matt. So, welcome back to the show, Matt. Well, good morning. Thank you very much. Yeah. So, what did you end up doing? I took your advice, Scott and Pat. I took. Uh, my wife and I took your advice, and we entered into this uh, <laughs> this exercise of a of a reverse mortgage. We really didn't have any choice, uh, insofar as yeah, expenses were closing in on us, and yes. uncertainties happened into, into our, our our savings. So, as you and I we discussed back in May, we really really didn't have any choice. Be, because one of the qualifiers was you were staying in that house. So I've got to believe you, you and your wife love the house, love the community. It is part of your life. And that that's my wife in our house. We've been in 17 years. She has zero desire to ever leave that house. That's uh, I'm the same way <laughs> about my house. I've been there 25 uh, years. And uh, so, you know, in listening to that clip, it brought back um, some angst for me because uh, until I listened to that clip, I didn't. Um, I had forgotten about the call, and I. It, but it when I listened to it, I remember how I felt in the moment when you were telling us the story, which was this was that there was no easy way out. There was not a quick decision. There was some deliberation that 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 went into that. There was quite a bit of deliberation. We've been in the, been in the house for 22 years, and we're both 69 years old. Um, and we've put so much into this house uh, when we bought it, and it's in a great neighborhood. It has all the amenities that we want. That's something fancy. It's a 2,200 square foot house, but it's on a half an acre, and it's got all the amenities. It's got everything that we want to make us happy in our lifetime. Yes. Uh, so I don't know what else I can say. The only thing that I really had a hard time with his understanding the finances behind what it was going to cost us. Yeah, what? How, how did that all shake out? I'm sorry. How, how did it shake out? What, what What did you end up doing? What were the numbers behind it? How much? Uh, how rough, much? And, rough and dirty. It was. It was pretty pricey. Ended up costing us over twenty thousand in equity. But you know that comes down to how much of that equity was 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 fake. I call it fake equity <laughs> based upon uh, inflation. The house has been going up steadily all along. So we did have to pay a 2% origination fee. And, uh, and then we have to pay a monthly of 100-something dollars to, to FHA to yes. guarantee the loan. To, to ensure the loan. Houses, but to, to guarantee the loan. But we, we get to stay in the house the rest of our lives. It, you know, so did you, just, did, you the, did you get the 197 a thousand dollars to pay off, and how much money did you get on the line of credit? I got equivalent about a hundred thousand on the line of credit. Okay, pretty close to the numbers that you, you know. I, and I, that I, line of credit that'll continue to grow every year. That you're not using it. Does it, it still work that way? It, correct. It does still grow. It grows at eight percent right now. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I was surprised. I just got the statement yesterday. I was looking it over, and so 
although it costs us a lot to initiate it, and they wrap all the closing costs into the loan. That's you don't right. Pay anything in the pocket. But um, before I forget to tell you, they put, sent out an appraiser, and the appraiser came in with the, the house value, which was accurate. Well, the underwriter didn't like that number because it was too high. <laughs> uh-huh. So they sent, they sent their own appraiser out and came in with a lower appraisal. Yeah. Gosh. So we decided on a, a number in between. So oh, uh, so you know, I've done this uh, with uh, some people that have called the show before, where I suggest that you actually deal with a couple. But that was prior to uh, they've tightened up the the lending. You know, I'm going to share something with you. This you look at these commercials on television and any other. They still thing. have commercials for reverse mortgages. Uh, I don't. Know. I don't know about reverse, but in retirement in general, and they show people traveling. Uh, and my wife and I were having this conversation. I said that is that is not reality. That is so far from reality that if you were to if if and I've been doing this for thirty five years, and at one point in time I had over three hundred clients that I I worked with myself. And if I were to survey those clients and ask how many of you plan on traveling in retirement internationally outside of the U.S., um, that number would come in at less than ten percent. I believe it. Right. And then if you asked how many of you want to travel, get on a plane, visit New England, if you're coming from the West Coast or if you're coming from the East Coast, go to Hawaii, that number would be about 35%. Yeah. And what what the reality is, a good, in my estimation and talking to the clients, a good 50% of my 300 plus clients didn't want to travel at all. They didn't want to leave the house. They would, I go. They go to visit the relatives because the relatives. Well, life's about relationships mostly. That's right. It's not about that. And when you say it's really important, right? And I got that when we talked back in May that it was really important for you to stay in that house. You were going to do anything you could to stay in that house, and this was the 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 best option you had. It was the best option we had. Yeah. Um, in, in my opinion, but make sure you're not planning to move. Oh, that's yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, that's yeah. that. That that is a hundred percent. You, if if you do a reverse mortgage, it is done. That is, yeah. it's it's complete. Um, yeah. Well, good for you. We've and, been taking some of our money that we've been getting and saving and putting it back into the house and finally doing things to improve the house. Our son is in a complete agreement. He's the one that uh, would inherit the house at our death. And he's, he's looking to fix some of the things we're doing. It's like, fine with me. It sounds great. You yeah. know, building well, out your, your master, master bedroom and doing the things we wanted to do 20 years ago, but just didn't find the time or the money. So, but, but, but even that is it really spent money because it adds value to the home, which means that right. the equity value would increase faster than it would normally. My guess is your son would rather see you, his mother, have a good quality of life in retirement than to have a big inheritance. Well, you'd hope your children one would, would hope. Want that. Yes. <laughs> one would hope. I would hope. I, I think you hit the nail on the head. One would hope. One would hope. Well, but cool. I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you went through uh, the deliberation process you did because what you don't want is cognitive dissonance after the fact where you were questioning, did I do the right thing? Right. You did enough research on the front end and you had enough discussions with your wife and you weren't sold. By the way, you weren't sold a reverse mortgage. You bought one. That's correct. Right. Our, our agent 
And he even told me, you know, I'm an agent. I work for different companies. Your your loan will be sold, and I will no longer be a part of it. He was not high pressure at all. I talked to him for months, and I always initiated the calls. Jim, can I ask you a question about this? Absolutely. And he would take the time at any time. Oh, good. Calls, emails. Perfect. There was never any high pressure because you don't want to go through that. Oh, and it is. By, by the way, too, you do go through counseling on this. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Independent. Independent yeah. counseling. Uh, yes. Independent counseling. Did we? Uh, yeah. yeah. Our, so anyway, our, we do have a background, um, an understanding of reverse mortgages. Well, I'm, and, glad it, I'm glad this all worked out. Yes. Because it's happy. that yeah. upfront cost is like it's shocking. And if, if yeah. that's all you focus on, if you don't focus on the benefit and only focus on the cost, you trip up and you can. But but without the cost, there wouldn't be the program. I understand. Right. right? That, that, you can't compare it to a to regular mortgage. Yeah, because they could come and take your home in a regular mortgage. Well, you got to make the payments. And here they can't take your home unless you miss the tax payments. And by the way. Don't miss the tax payment. Don't miss the tax payment. <laughs> don't miss. Make sure that there's taxes and insurance paid. So. Absolutely. Well, good for you. Thank you. Thank you uh, for coming back and telling us how it worked out. Well, I'm, we've been doing this show for so long. I always wonder, do people ever take our advice? Or <laughs> Yeah. So thanks, man. I'm glad you well, took the time. And it's interesting, Pat. Like, so we've started to add these house calls in periodically to revisit a call we've had. And as I'm thinking about it, I'm, I'm, I have someone in our organization reaches out to these people. I have no idea which ones say, "Oh no, I didn't take any of their advice." So oh, maybe Matt's an anomaly. Maybe we should. Maybe we <laughs> maybe. should. Maybe we should talk to the producer of the show and see why don't we get people on the program that didn't take our advice and why. And we'd get comments like, well, I thought you guys were a couple of idiots, and so I wasn't going to take your that advice. That might be more entertaining. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I hadn't thought about that. All right, Jason. Jason, our producer, is listening. Yeah. Consider that, Jason. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, let's take some more calls here. Let's talk with Marie in California. Marie, you're with All Worth Money Matters. Hi there. Hi, Marie. Marie. Thanks. Hello. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah. How are you guys doing? We're good. Good, good. So... I have a kind of maybe simple question, but kind of generic question. So I'm 57, and last year my company decided to let me go. Um, and I've had, you know, some health issues anyway, so I decided I'll just, you know, retire early. I have enough savings and kind of deal with my health for a little bit for a few years and see what happens. Um you know, fast forward, you know, 10 months later, I actually love being retired. Okay. So I'm not sure if I'm going to go back. But um, aside from having enough savings and just living within my means, are there any other things that I need to worry about? Like, you know, retiring early? Like, you know, I know that one of the things is health insurance is really expensive right. because I'm not 65 yet. But are there where you get where, that I... Where do you get your health insurance? I'm doing COBRA right now from the company, but I might switch over to, you know, the Affordable Health Care Act, maybe. Okay, okay, okay. And that okay. might help me. And are you, I, do you receive a pension at all? No, no pension. So I'm just living off of my dividends and my interest and, you know, whatever the market appreciates in my brokerage account. And how much do you have in your brokerage account? Um, my brokerage account, about 800000 And it's like more, more or less like, maybe 70% stock. 
stocks and some 30% like in treasuries and some bonds and stuff. And how much in the IRAs? IRAs, uh, around 800 as well. I have about 30 in a Roth IRA and about, you know, close to 800 to in the regular 401k. Okay. And you said you went out, you've had some health issues. Are you applying for Social Security disability? No, not that kind of sick. Okay. Not sick enough to yeah file for anything. Yeah, so uh, I just, would not wait. I would not wait. Um, uh, uh, y- well, you're going to want to manage your taxable income in such a manner that you can continue to qualify for the Affordable Care Act That's at correct. a low rate. Correct. Yeah. Correct. So yeah. you need to manage That's the for big that. Planning. But uh, there, there, I don't know why you're waiting to uh, apply for the Affordable Care Act. Oh, because online it says that I can't just stop COBRA. It no. needs to be during the open enrollment. I did not know that. That is why. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So I kind of missed out last November. Yeah. No. No, you're fine. You're fine. There's nothing um, else you need to worry about. Um, I'm thinking of also taking Social Security early, like at 62, kind of to help offset some of the health insurance well, costs. Well, if you have... You might you, not want to. I mean, if you think your health issues are such that you have a shorter than average life expectancy, then yes. Mm. I would certainly wouldn't make uh-huh. that decision today. You're no. 57. How much, you, how, much is it, how much money do you need a month to live off? What, what are you spending? Uh, about forty two hundred a month. That includes health insurance right now. About a thousand dollars of health insurance. One point six million. All right. Yeah, yeah. You should be able to make this work. Yeah, you'll you'll be all right. Even without Social Security. Yeah, you'll be all right. Which will be coming in. Oh. And 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 the thing that you, don't worry about Social Security until you get closer to Social Security because you may not to, you may decide not to take that and stay on Affordable Care Act until Medicare actually kicks in. Oh, I see. Right, but oh, okay. Let's, if the let's, Affordable Care Act is yeah, yeah, but we're not going to borrow trouble. We'll worry about that when we get closer to it. Okay. righty? Okay. All right. Thank Good you job. So much. Appreciate All it. Right. Thanks. Thank you. Bye bye. We're talking now with Jen. Jen, you're with Allworth's Money Matters. Hello. Thanks for taking my call. Hi, Jen. Hello. 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 So, <laughs> so my question is um, kind of just a general education thing for me. I am not really, really into tracking my portfolio, and um, but I've learned a lot listening to your program. And a couple things, something I've heard multiple times, kind of at least in in passing is something called Roth conversions. And uh, I've heard it mentioned and seems to be that people think it's a good thing, but I don't really understand in general uh, when and why someone would do Roth conversions. Yeah, neither do most Americans. So don't (laughs) feel that. So so, uh, first of all, IRAs, 401ks, these retirement plans, right? They've got special Mm -hmm. tax considerations. So like a traditional IRA or your 401k through your employer, when you put dollars in, when you choose to contribute to them, the dollars that you put in, you get a tax deduction. So if your household income was 100000 you put in 10000 into your 401k, you're taxed just like you only earned 90000 And you'll notice the difference on your W-2, your taxable mm-hmm, wage mm-hmm. is different than your Social Security wage. Um, 
the money grows tax deferred. So as t- years go on, you're not receiving anything that you have to report on taxes. And it's only at the time of retirement when you withdraw money, those dollars then need to be added on your tax return and they're taxable at that time. Okay. With a Roth. Now are you taxed on the growth? So say you yes. put in 10 oh, yeah. and it turns out to be 100. So when you take That's out correct. 100, you're taxed on the 100. Yep. Right? And you're taxed as, at ordinary income rates, even if you bought some stock that went up tenfold and you would be taxed as ordinary income. Okay. With a Roth, when you make those contributions, you don't get a tax deduction. So you get no tax deduction going in. It all grows tax deferred. And when you pull the money out, it's tax free. So you're making a you're making a choice and saying, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna forego a tax deduction today, the tax break today, in exchange for a tax break in the future. Okay. So that's how Roth works. A conversion is when we take up some existing dollars that we have today, typically in an IRA or sometimes even a 401k, and we move those into a Roth. Some of those dollars. And when we do that. That is called a Roth conversion. We're taking money from a traditional, we're converting it to a Roth. And when we do that, we pay tax on the dollar amount that we chose to convert in that tax year. So when do you do this, Scott? You do this when you are in a lower income tax bracket than you believe you'll be in the future. So couple examples. You're, uh, you're unemployed for six months. You retire at age 62 and your pension starts at 65 and you're going to have very low income for three years. When you're living off your basic income and you've got your required minimum distributions on your IRA kicking at age 73. So they are great planning techniques. But you're only going to do it if you believe you're in a going to be in a higher tax bracket in the future than you are today. We, I had this discussion. I uh, will give you a perfect example. I have a daughter that has saved, has worked as a school teacher for the last three years, has put the maximum in every year um, and gets some money back from her defined benefit pension plan. And she's going to law school. And I said, well, now it, we were start converting this money that was deductible into a Roth IRA over the she's next No year. income. She'll have no income. Okay. So as an older person, does it make sense that like RMDs would be something that would put you in a higher tax bracket in the future? Yeah, but these don't, the, the, you want to do these before your RMDs kick in. Right, 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 right. But that's yeah. why you would do it now. That's right. But it's typically RMDs. if you have a, it's typically if you have a really good size IRA retirement, right? Yes. Like if you got a couple million bucks or something or more. And, and money uh, on the side to actually pay taxes on the conversion. Are you, are you in that situation? Well, I don't have much of an IRA, but I have a 1.4401k. <clears throat> okay, and how well, old are you? How old are you? Uh, 54. And how much do you earn? Well, I'm about to retire, but like 230. And what are you going to live on once you retire? Hopefully, my brokerage account. How much is in the brokerage? Uh, 1.8. 3.2 million. You make 230 a year. You. you, you. You don't have enough money saved. Well, it depends how much you've been living off. What have you been living on? My, I, I've been tracking it pretty well, and it's about, I would say, 110, 120. Okay. Yeah. You're All good. right. You're good. You've got this. So You're perfect. You're like to be the perfect candidate to do some Roth conversions. No, 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 and, so let's step, let's step back a minute. How old are you now? 54. And when do you retire? 
Yeah, it's bad timing, unfortunately. Um, I, in November, um, I had an opportunity to get a pretty good package from my company. Oh, uh, I know. The to, reason I ask is, will you be 55 or older in the year in which you retire? No, I wish I were. I know. Okay, I know. so so here's... But she's got enough in outside dollars. There's no understand, but maybe she starts a seventy two T at the same time for a lower amount in order to actually no, split the tax. You'd use, use the, the, the Roth IRA version and, until fifty nine and a half. Yep. You've got a phenomenal opportunity. Yeah, you for have conversion. this is like You're like you the see, poster. Scott and I are <laughs> arguing over the different techniques and you're probably thinking, What is he what is what are they talking about, right? <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, you've got phenomenal yeah. opportunity. You've got an unbelievable opportunity for planning. Unfortunately, if you had been 55 or the year. I know, I know, but I just got this package and okay. I well, listen, it's the right time. No, no, if it's the they right give time. you a package, it's hard yeah. to deny a package. No, you, you, yeah. you've got some great planning opportunities ahead. Yep. And do you think you'll go back to work? Uh, possibly. I'm going to take at least six months and who knows and see how I feel yeah. and what I think about it all. and. Yeah. And I'm not she, against it, but and I then she I might not have the planning opportunity for the Roth conversion. Yeah, yeah, it's hard to say. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to say. It's hard to say. Well, congrats. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, All but right. hire, a good, hire a good hire a good advisor. Or, do you I work do for have an advisor? Oh, okay. You do, I do and I in, like them. Yeah. Good. Uh, Just have this conversation. Do you have stock in the company? Stock in the four hundred one k? Uh, some, not, not, not a terrible amount, but okay. yeah, definitely. I want to get out of that probably. Oh no, no. Well, cause there's another planning technique called uh, net unrealized appreciation, depending upon mm. uh, what the company stock is. Which company is it? Uh, Intel. I don't know how I can't remember, <laughs> but I know a number of oh, people I that get I'm, I'm 99. It's units. It's units. It's units. It doesn't work. I, Never mind. but I know a couple people that have gotten those packages. So yeah. <laughs> All right, Jen. All right. Thanks, well. Jen. And just talk to your advisor okay. about um, these planning opportunities. To say you listen to these really smart guys on the podcast. And you listen to All Worth Money Matters, too. <laughs> All right. Well, we, unfortunately, we're nearing that time in our program when we're running out of money. and um, Money? We're running money. out of money? <laughs> is, is that what he, I got to tell you. What, what, I'm going to be very transparent here. Okay. See, we have callers sometimes, that the ones that are always a little concerned about money, and so they're, they tend to be good savers. I still worry about money. Um, I'll wake up sometimes in the middle of the night and I start thinking about running out of money. Yeah. And I'm quite fine financially. I don't have any mortgages. I like uh, no debt. Well, I have dreams about it, that I'm a waiter again, which, by the way, there was nothing wrong with being a waiter. I enjoyed being a waiter. It was part of my life that I enjoyed. But then I'm a waiter and I've got these four kids... <laughs> A little tough to feed four kids. Yeah, unless you've got a really good job of some sort. And again, if you want to be a guest on our program, send us an email, questions at moneymatters.com, questions at moneymatters.com. We'll schedule a time for you to call, and um, you can get our advice, whether it's good or bad, or you can take it or don't. We'll see you next week. This has been Scott Hansen and Pat McLean of Allworth Financial. This program has been brought to you by Allworth Financial, a registered investment advisory firm. Any ideas presented during this program are not intended to provide specific financial advice. You should consult your own financial advisor, tax consultant, or estate planning attorney to conduct your own due diligence.